Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Roar. I have a subject matter for you today that I'm kind of, I'm kind of dumbfounded that I could even speak to at this point because your girl has gone through a lot of heartbreak. And um, it's one of those things that I could probably write a whole book on and, you know, potentially a lot of you out there can as well about all of the ways that I've been disappointed in love, all of the ways in which I've been torn wide open, broken open, if you will. And I'm pretty sure a few episodes back, and this was like years ago, I, I talked about a really intense breakup that I had. This one, I'm not going to go into details too much. All I'm going to say is that there is a way to properly weather a breakup. And if you're doing it in a way that truly allows for more healing, you will come out stronger than you went into it. And a friend of mine actually shared this with me that everyone that you meet, potentially in a romantic capacity, has like a puzzle piece that they give you. Um, when completed, you know, that that person maybe has the final corner piece, the person that you're quote unquote, that you end up with or that you're meant to be with, right? And I don't necessarily believe that there is a one, because if you look at that, at that um, method of viewing things, that every person is a puzzle piece in the bigger picture of your love journey, then there are many ones, right? And sometimes our greatest teachers are the really shitty ones. Let's be real. I'm not going to sugarcoat this for you. Some people are huge assholes, and it's amazing that they even had a moment of your time. You know, in hindsight, I think we can all agree that some people just are toxic and abusive and shitty. And you're kind of just like, what the hell was I thinking by being with that person? And then others, you know, may have been, oh my God, they were so amazing, but just we were not compatible or the cards were not, you know, did not stack up or were, the odds were stacked against us, if you will. And it was like a house of cards that once one thing was out of alignment, it just fell apart. Or, you know, those impossible relationships where you're like, oh, they are the prototype. It's just if this could have worked out or if the circumstances had been different. And others where maybe you did fall in love and you had such a gorgeous journey, but some way, somehow, it just didn't last. You know, we are always changing. And I think that has always been something that for me has made love feel really difficult. Um, romantic love is that I'm just like, my God, I'm like the ever transforming woman who in the world is like this or can handle this, or maybe there's not that person out there for me. And, you know, my belief is that when you believe that there's someone out there for you and you're certain about what it is that you want, that that is like a magnet, right? But what happens when you have gone through the fucking ringer with love? And you're just like, how can I see a future ahead where I can connect with another being, another person? So today I want to talk about breakups and I want to talk about ways in which we can truly heal from them and, and end up stronger than ever. And there are a lot of breakup 
uh, sales people out there, people on social media, on Instagram. I mean, my goodness, when I was on that stuff, I mean, I'm on it for business now, but when I was personally on these platforms, I was targeted for so much breakup shit, so much narcissist stuff, so much, oh, if it's not for you, it's against you. If it's this, it's that. And it was so dual. It was so polarizing, right? Because like, in order for it to be clickbait and clickable, it had to just be super blunt or super like, this is the way and I'm going to show you exactly how to break up. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell this. This is my version of how I have weathered some of the worst breakups in my life and ended up stronger than ever. And I'm not going to sell you shit. And I'm not going to promise that it's going to be easy. And I'm not even going to say that I'm, you know, a thousand percent healed. A hundred percent, maybe. Not a thousand, you know. <laughs> but each of these people have played a role in the journey of me understanding myself. Okay. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can find on relationships that can help us understand how we show up and, you know, also understand how maybe others that we're, that we're working with show up, um, whether it be if they're anxious attached or uh, avoidant, or if they're securely attached, these are different forms of attachment that are driven from Carl Jung's um, archetypes. But, you know, my belief is it's not just these, you know, secure attached would be a fourth. So it's like, it's not just these versions of attachment. There's so many different iterations of that. Um, but really it all stems from our early childhood experiences. If we were not able to see and witness love that was solid, that was affirming, and that was secure. Not only that, if we were not able to experience those sorts of relationships with our initial caregivers, our mothers, our fathers, and everything in between, then we might be recreating more familiar dynamics in our love, love life. So that's just like, I, I think we can all agree that many, many, many of our love dynamics and, and things are based on our early programming, our early patterning. And so for me, I would say I probably had the worst, one of the worst examples of that, um, at least in my immediate environment, because there was a lot of turmoil in my home. Um, and then there was turmoil in my own relationships with each of my parents. It's not to say that they were bad. I'm not saying that it's the worst version I've ever seen in my, you know, ever in my entire life, but it was the worst version for me in terms of what I needed in order to model successful relationships. Add to that, I am someone who's gay. So, you know, I never saw, I never witnessed um, two women together in a relationship or two femmes together in a relationship. So, and that was demonized. Um, so, you know, because of my evangelical background, and again, I'm not ragging on my parents here. I believe to the extent that they could, they, they did the best that they could. Right. And I would see, I would see examples around me of people where I'm just like, yes, that seems to be good. And thankfully I have those examples, but for the most part, I would say 99% of my examples were really unhealthy and had power dynamics that I don't align with, or um, people were just settling, et cetera. So when I, you know, was dating men, I find that it was a lot, I was a lot more avoidant in relationship. Um, and it wasn't until I started dating women that um, a lot of my anxious attachment stuff was coming up. Um, and I just, I just remember trying to do everything that I could 
to maintain these relationships, which meant accepting breadcrumbs, which meant, um, you know, allowing abuse to happen um, and un in unspeakable ways, right, through these relationships. And not every woman that I uh, related with was abusive, but for the most part, they were. And truly, it was just they were unhealed. And so in a way, I was replaying uh, childhood dynamics in my relationships, allowing things I shouldn't have. And I wasn't respecting and understanding my own value in these relationships because, to be quite honest, I was never taught how to. And I would like to say, oh, yes, this was exactly how my parents were, but it wasn't. Sometimes it was worse. I'm going to be honest with you because my parents are still together and like, I do consider them to be best friends. So in that sense, I did see people uh, respecting each other. My father was incredibly like supportive of our, you know, childhood development. He would like wake up in the middle of the night, you know, he, he was there, right? It's not like I didn't have, I didn't have absentee parents. Emotionally though, I didn't have that. There was neglect and there was all these other elements that ended up playing out in my relationships. And so I didn't even, I, I, I liken it to saying like, it's not that I didn't even know that I had needs. I didn't even know I was a separate person right? Um, up until a lot of my life, I would say maybe the age of like, maybe I got that at age 35. And I'm 36 going on 37, right? So these were all the dynamics that were playing out in my relationships um, with women. Because again, that was like, actually, you know, those, are, those were love relationships, if you will. And so, you know, weathering some of that, I started to recognize up until then, I thought I was indestructible, I was invincible, and I can handle anything. But what I learned through these relationships um, that were truly teachers to me was all of the ways in which I needed to heal. Um, I was just too busy, unfortunately, with some of these people trying to help them heal. Now, it doesn't mean that I was trying to save them, but as a healer, I was attracting people who either had trauma similar to mine who were a different version of that. So this would mean that I would date a lot of narcissists or folks that were self-absorbed or people that had just been so wounded that that's what they were projecting onto me. And meanwhile, I was just trying to be the perfect version of a partner, right, to make sure that this didn't leave me, that I didn't lose this. Um, and, you know, I would say, I'm being honest with you, I was operating in a bit of love addiction. I was operating in codependency and thinking that I needed to overcompensate for my partner's um, shortcomings. And so I just want to share with you, you know, this was the platform for my own love journey. So as you can imagine, breakups were real tough for me. So, uh, a friend told me, she's like, you know, Lisa, you don't really have an attachment to things, but you do have an attachment to people. And I do have an attachment to emotions. And those are things that I'm working to release um, in a multitude of ways. And I'm actually incredibly proud of myself for how far I've come considering the childhood that I had, which did involve sexual abuse and involved, you know, a lot of toxic dynamics that didn't serve me. Um, and again, you know, not that I have to continue to defend these humans, but like there were also really good examples that I saw too. But the mishmash of experiences didn't leave a lot of a firm foundation for me to understand who I, who am I in a relationship? What are my needs? And how do I go about getting those needs met? And so I'm phenomenal at being single though. My goodness, you girls out here building businesses, having friendships, 
um, and just generally loving life. And so I would get into these relationships and be like, what the hell is wrong with me? Right. And so I already was experiencing the scarcity of that mirror and just being like, why are these dynamics coming up or why do I keep attracting these humans? So breakup after breakup, I would truly like look within and be like, okay, what is it that I need to do in order to like make sure that this doesn't happen again? And it wasn't until I recognized that breakups are a transformative process that allow us to heal light years. We're talking about like quantum healing, if you've ever heard of that statement, where it's just like, we can truly transform into a different version of ourselves once we allow that relationship or that dynamic especially the ones that were like soulful or like karmic even the toxic ones allow that to transform us so that we can come out a new creation right and i will say the more that i have allowed myself to truly surrender to that process and use these experiences that pierce me so deeply for transformative healing i am i feel light years changed like i it's like using this energy that you know essentially excavates all of my trauma because that's what happens when we break up it's not like we're like oh it's just this person and i'm so sad it's like it'll trigger everything for me it's always triggered every heartbreak that i've had up until that point and you know, I think a lot of people can get caught up in the story of what they've lost, of what, you know, they don't have, of how old they are and, oh my God, and will I ever have kids? And what do people think of me? And am I even attractive? Oh God, I have to go out there again. We can get so caught up in the story of our heartbreak that we lose the point, which is that we get to surrender and grieve and release and trust that the universe and i've mentioned this before it's like a vacuum so when we release something emotionally or when we release a person from our life my belief is that that energy um has to be filled with something that is more to our energetic alignment right so it's like i release an abusive relationship i start to step into understanding what it is that i deserve and i am attracting now new partners new people in my life who align with that standard that i have now set and so we hear a lot about the law of attraction um, in terms of being like okay say that affirmation like trust and believe it and like there is a lot to be said about that i always say you know don't wait for your ships to come in watch and listen as they do look for ways in which life is working for you and it you will once you start looking at okay wait this is actually working for me oh my god get yourself fucking hype on all of these things that are working out for you that's what gratitude is that's why people say they don't say it to just be like shut up don't feel bad about yourself they're saying it because once you focus on the good the good keeps growing Right. And so law of attraction is really powerful. But for some of us who have gone through intense trauma, it is a very hard task to ask us to just be like, hey, I know you've been bruised and shattered all of your life, but like, believe you're going to make a million dollars. That's a bit of a far jump. So I like to talk about a few other things that actually I believe do help a little bit better. And they all are also universal principles that one can apply to a breakup to something as devastating as heartbreak and one of those things is the law of contrast 
Law of contrast is all about recognizing that oftentimes the universe gives us things that are counter to what we want so that we can notice it and then realize what we do want. For some of us that have gone through such trauma, like I said, it's hard to just be like, I'm going to have this fantastical idea about what it is I want and believe I can get it. But what you can do is say, man, that partner was a, so abusive. And that's exactly what I don't really want in my life. I don't want to allow that energy to continue to drain me. And so I want somebody that who has XYZ, right? We're starting to recognize that through that experience of contrast, we can start to, you know, it's almost like the yin and the yang. It's like, well, what's the, what's the yin to that yang of abuse? Oh, maybe it's secure partnership. Maybe it's affirmations. Maybe it's somebody who, you know, is able to be vulnerable and share with you and who is, you know, self-full, not selfish, right? So law of contrast is really awesome. Figuring out what we don't want is a lot of times a lot easier than figuring out what we do for some of us that really have not started off on an easy footing in life. So law of contrast is one of those things that I would say and encourage you. Um, the other is law of assumption. Assuming that things work, are gonna work out for you. Like, you know, I just trust that that next one's gonna be so much better. Like it has to be, right? Oftentimes that's a lot easier to just like assume and kind of like trust that the universe is supporting you. And that can be really tough for folks that don't believe up to this point that it has. But the more that we focus on assumption and gratitude and watching our ships come in, the more that we practice that in these little ways, again, I have breath, I am moving, I can walk. Oh my God, I look cute. Damn, these curls are looking great today. Little things, right, that we can just start to say, wow, you know, there's someone looking out for me. And oftentimes for me, it helps me to be like, the fact that I am here right now is a damn, it's a goddamn miracle that I am still walking and living and loving and smiling as I'm saying this because, you know, not that I've experienced such a life of trauma, but I've had a lot of hard knocks, right? And, um, but in so many other ways, I've been blessed and I have to trust that there is an equilibrium to life. So law of contrast, great for figuring out what it is that you don't want to figure out what you do. And assumption is to really just trust and believe and start to notice your ships coming in. That has been helpful for me post breakup to write out that list, right, of what it is that I don't want and to start really just trusting and believing that something has to fill this space that has been released by this person. Now, I can go into a whole other myriad of ways to to help with like rumination and obsessive thinking and turmoil and all of that. But I do want to specifically kind of broaden our focus a little bit, again, getting out of the story to the transformative ways in which we can view a breakup. So I really like to go to the butterfly for this because it's the best orchestration of transformation that I can I can let you know. So I was recently, I went to a butterfly um, pavilion and this was around a breakup that was particularly, it just kept happening. It was just a push pull. Oh God, it sucked. And I also felt really embarrassed that I could continue to allow this energy to continue to pull me back in. And I'm at this pavilion and I remember I'm just met with all these gorgeous butterflies flying around. And I look at this like little, uh, 
it was a display that showed some of the caterpillars that were in their chrysalis at varied stages of transformation. And what I noticed is that the caterpillar had essentially in that process um, incubated in, it, it became like a goo, like it literally just liquefied. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I feel right now. I feel as though I'm just goo. Like I am just, I mean, I'm, I'm like my nose, I'm constantly crying. I got boogers all over. I was just so, you know, spiritually, you know, maybe I was holding a front on the outside, but I just was goo. And I was just like, this is exactly what it feels like. It feels like I've died. But then to start to see the little ways in which that caterpillar had then gone to goo and that DNA had the brilliance and the intelligence to create something anew. This butterfly that was not as heavy, that wasn't bound to the earth, that was free, that had big, gorgeous wings that through this process of death, it was allowed to become goo, to cocoon itself, and then to actually form into this gorgeous butterfly. And I trusted, I was like, you know, I am that goo, but I also have to trust that soon I will be that butterfly. And it was in trusting that process and allowing it to transform me that I healed. And I knew that I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm I'm in the goo stage. And as I started to, to be in that cocoon, I'm like, wait, I think a wing is, is like happening. And at one point it's like, I knew I had wings, um, but they were still a little gooey. You know, I hadn't quite learned how to fly. And I followed along that process for myself and asked myself constantly, like, where am I in this? And obviously in between that stage of cocooning, what was I doing? I was allowing myself to take myself in in this process, to journal about it, to you know, ask what this experience had taught me. And I won't say that it was easy. It took me many, many, many months to fully feel as though I was, um, I was healed enough to love again, but I know that I couldn't have dated or started dating a second sooner because I really wanted to make sure that I had full expansion of my wings. And so if you've ever gone through a breakup and it feels like you're, di you're dying, you are. Anyone who tells you that you're not, maybe hasn't gone through as intensive a breakup and they might not feel things as intensely as you or maybe they did but they don't quite remember how terrible it was i remember for every breakup that i've had that has been really tough i always call my aunt because she's she's gone through a ton of breakups and she is just tough as nails but so resilient so loving and found great love again after you know a lot of turmoil and i remember on a specific breakup this was years ago she said, Elisa, there are three terrible pains in our lives that compare with nothing else. She goes, childbirth, <laughs> the nausea from childbirth, which I thought was hilarious. And she goes, and breakups. She's like, but in each of these things, you birth something anew. And so I think that breakups allow us to become anew. They allow us to realize who it is that we are and how expansive we can become through trauma, through pain, through love that is lost. And oftentimes it's not that we're missing that person, it's that we're missing maybe the security that that person brought or the way that that person made us orgasm. My God, I mean, let's, we, I gotta say it for real. I'm not trying to 
I'm not trying to punk y'all. I'm, I'm giving you unfiltered here, right? Or the way that that person just knowing that they were thinking about you, how awesome that was, or the way that they loved you or the way that they were proud of you, you know, it just, it all comes back to you. And the more that you can focus on yourself in a breakup and get out of the story, the better. And if you're challenged with that, you know, my suggestion is, you know, it helped me to write that story out. And as I was writing it, I was also asking for help releasing it, you know, and that's another way I would say journaling has been incredibly helpful as has going into a meditative process and asking where the pain exists in my body and how to release that. And I will let you know, you know, some of this is so subconscious and it's really hard to witness yourself in healing and not want to judge yourself and be like, why did I wake up thinking about that person? But the best thing I can suggest is to really know where you are in that transformation process. And I think it is, again, law of assumption. It's like assuming that like eventually the less that person is in your life, the more that you're going to be allowed to heal and your brain is going to develop new memories that are going to fill it up with other things. Um, but it is an intentional process of healing. You know, I don't know if some caterpillars end up not becoming butterflies, but some do become moths. And I don't know why we hate moths. They're kind of gross and I guess they eat things. They're not as beautiful. So that could maybe be a way in which, you know, maybe we haven't healed to the full extent that we could if we were a little bit more intentional about it, right? If we allowed that transform transformative process to happen, if we trusted that, you know, from that version of love that just didn't end up working out for whatever it, it was reason, um, we don't have to attach to the story. We don't have to attach to the person. You know, it really helped me to understand, especially in the beginning when it felt like I would die if I was, if I didn't have this person in my life that um, if they're meant for you, that it's inevitable that they'll come back. But I really haven't seen that work out for many people. It's it's a rarity. I do think that breakups happen, you know, and people come back together stronger than ever. But for the most part, what I've heard as a good rule is like, wait at least six months to a year before even considering that again. And as somebody who has gone back again and again within months, I can tell you sometimes it takes more out of your healing than you need it to be. I think I kept coming out of that cocoon and I didn't allow that transformative process to happen. So I just share this to say that there is hope after heartbreak and that the heart can grow back stronger than ever. And I certainly feel um, so much happier now that I'm on the other side of these relationships that haven't served me. And I really don't think about these people that often. And when I do, another great tip that I have is I just, I wish them, you know, freedom from struggle, you know, and, um, and I wish them well, because I know that if our energy is still in any way attached, I only want that to serve me. I only want that karmatically to come back to me better. And it's not exactly why I do it, but I don't want to hold resentment in my heart or in my body because that can act like a cancer, right? So those stories don't really help us to release anything. And some heartbreak just doesn't make any goddamn sense. It really doesn't, especially the ones that are toxic, because usually that's just like ego and hormones that are happening with that person. Or maybe it, you know, drew out a version of yourself that you really were like, I don't really want to 
feed that part of me anymore. That part of me is healed. And I really just don't want to imagine myself in that way anymore. Because the reality is, is that every, every day we're different. And you get to step into the newness of you and you get to be as expansive and as abundant as you want. And it's from that place, from that new horizon that you get to find bigger, better love. So I hope that this was helpful. Um, I'm really excited to continue to share tips and tricks that I've learned along my healing journey and I will let you go.